Well, you guys want to start this movie podcast? Yeah, buddy, let's yeah, do hey. it. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the official podcast of... Uh, wait, no. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Your Parents Watch This podcast. We're brought to you here by Comedy Here Often and Nestle Incorporated. We, that's right, folks. We are the child laborers from overseas that <laughs> everyone's been talking about them hiring. Yeah. Uh, so thank you to the Supreme Court for enabling this podcast to happen. We the official podcast of today. child labor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we love child labor, aiding it, abetting it, all the whole nine yards. You yep. know what I mean? Every aspect of it. Burying the at... kids to birthing the kids. I love child labor. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for saying that, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show, though. Hey, what a smooth transition this leads Belfort. us into, though, for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The intro bit isn't related it's to the It's always podcast. related. <laughs> We're doing a kid's movie, child labor. It all plays into the movie we've picked. But hey, uh, Scott Belford, can you, what, what's the name of your uh, what's the name of your podcast? Oh, I'm a podcaster too, boys. Yeah, so it's uh, the Walk Off Podcast. It is a Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays focused. Uh, as you can tell, I'm wearing my uh, my Blue Jay shirt that my wife absolutely hates. I actually, really of course, like you that do. Shirt. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners, Scott I can get you to sit down with my a... wife and tell you the uh, the pros of this shirt, but. Uh, yeah, so it's the walk-off, and you can watch it on YouTube. We've got our channel there, and we talk to former Blue Jays, current Blue Jays, Blue Jays prospects, very Blue Jays-focused, and then we've also got our, uh, as all podcasters say, wherever you get your podcast. Hell yeah. yeah. So do you know a lot about baseball, or just a lot about the Blue Jays? Oh, I'm a bit of a baseball nerd, bud. What if it Hell was yeah. a bird podcast? <laughs> yeah, a one, one specific type of bird show. <laughs> And it's just you being confused every week. Why do all these guys think this is going to be about baseball? Yeah. You're in the park with yeah. two mics this just chasing blue jays. This has nothing to do with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., guys. Come on. <laughs> Stop chirping and let me interview you. <laughs> yeah, so we brought we brought on Scott. Uh, we, we're here to talk about a baseball movie. Yeah, I, is that right? It is, and I realized that I just kind of assumed that you had seen this movie because it's about baseball, and the oh, main character's name was Scott. I saw was it. I correct I, in that assumption? As a kid, <laughs> as a kid, I loved it. Like, listen, this came out in '93, so I was a huge Blue Jays fan then, and I'm 11, and they had just won the World Series in '92 and '93. It was like just the perfect mix and combo for a movie for me to just love at 11 years old. So fuck yeah! So you were fired up. Uh, the, the Sandlot is the movie we're covering. Yeah. I should say. So you were fired up. Oh, about I was fired it up. I will tell you though, uh, it does not hold up to what I originally had it as in my head as like this masterpiece. But uh, no, still a fun movie. <laughs> you didn't think it, I actually did? I because I hadn't seen this movie before, and I I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty good I, for a, a kids movie from the. No, 90s. I still enjoyed it. One thing that stood out to me holy fat kids from the 90s were so small like <laughs> i know man that really fucked with me i think because i'd see that kid who like wasn't even fat yeah. and i'd be like that's kind of like, how wait, i that's look the fat like kid? The... Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god and it's like he's just he looks fine like he's just kind of got like little you know boy tits but like you know fuck it so do so do all of us <laughs> yeah every boy has boy tits it's just some boys have creative shirts Yes. <laughs> the expensive shirts hide the tits, and that's how you don't get bullied in that's elementary true. school, I think. <laughs> Sandlot really is considered, like, a top 10, top 20 baseball movie. Like, it, it does kind of capture that um, romance of, like, yeah. you know, you're a bunch of kids, and you're out in, like, the back lot, and there's a big dog that might take your ball. Like, it really summed up uh, just kids before the internet. Which you boys would know nothing yeah, I had about. I've never watched a baseball movie, but I have played baseball. I know that uh, a lot of us might not believe that. <laughs> but yeah, we used to just play pickup baseball like that, and it did remind me of being a kid. It was like, it made me be like, I think I chose the wrong career. You know? <laughs> I liked the idea of it. I never played baseball. I have a long and proud history of never playing baseball as a kid. I, was, I didn't like the idea of people throwing the ball directly at you so i've just like never i've never hit a baseball in my entire life but this movie really it romanticizes it, it makes it seem pretty fun you need dennis leary to teach you how to play catch 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not starting until I have Dennis Leary teaching me how to. That's do That's one it. of the best parts that... of the beginning of the movie is just watching Dennis Leary teach this kid who can't even like, and he's just hucking the ball at him, and the kid's like, he's not teaching him anything. He's like, all right, you ready for Nothing. another fastball to the face? No, all right. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> when, he, when he hit him in the eye, it looked like he was aiming at his yeah. eye because the whole time he's like reluctant to play catch with this kid, and then it's like in my mind, it's pretty easy to imagine that out of spite he was just like all right i'm gonna fucking nail this loser go back to my newspaper yeah. <laughs> and boy does that yeah, ever, the only thing i got does that ever sum Sorry, up what? the times though eh? it's the 60s he gets hit in the eyes and baby yeah. boomers wonder why everyone's down on them they grab a steak and just shove it on his <laughs> eye they're like here's here's a a 40 piece of meat that would <laughs> go for <Yeah>. yes <laughs> <laughs> completely raw more expensive than uh, your baseball yeah, equipment. Yeah, exactly. You know they were going to eat that meat after, too. The fucking eye steak. Like, there's no way that was going to waste. Yeah. But also, what I really liked about that scene, too, is that, like, first off, it just, I got the impression that the dad was, like, getting bored of playing catch with him and was like, I got a way to end this quickly. And then just fucking wounded his son so that he could go back in the house. Yeah. But and then, like, nobody asked him about his black eye for the whole, like, the whole time he had it. They were just, oh, that's a Oh, thing another kid with a black eye. Just, just everyday life. No big deal. Another a boy Tuesday. with a black eye yeah. after hanging out with his dad. Tale as old as time. <laughs> you know what I think is really funny is this story is like, it's a story about a guy who was in fifth grade and the narrator is like allegedly reminiscing on his fifth grade past. But then he talks like he's in fifth grade the whole time. Like yeah, the I narrator. know. He keeps calling stuff being in a pickle and shit like that. I was that. gonna say, pickle. Like, did they need to bring that up every friggin' four minutes? Oh, what a pickle we were in. Is this foreshadowing? Like, I don't understand why. The biggest pickle of the summer, and then nothing happened. Yeah, yeah well, I just like that he kept on being like, and this was, f-, or like, he kept saying that something was going to be fucked, and then, like, he'd get hit in the face with a ball, or, like, his friend would do the scam where he pretended to drown. Right. And, like, he would always, it was, like, very immediate foreshadowing, like, foreshadowing in the next four or five seconds. Yeah, like, I wrote in my notes, like, I don't know if this is a wholesome movie, but it's definitely quaint, you know? <laughs> it's quaint. It's, like, one of those coming-of-age movies that's, like, it's vaguely positive, you know, but it's, like, nothing horrible happens, but nothing great yeah. happens either. It's I like, like those life. kind of movies, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like life. Just some stuff happens. I don't know. That was kind of my favorite thing about this movie was going into it. Like, I never watched this movie my whole life because it was called The Sandlot, first right. off. And it was also had kids with like a you know ragtag group of baseball players on the bat on the cover. So I just like looked at that poster and assumed like, oh, this is going to be about a movie about a group of kids who love playing baseball at the Sandlot, and then some billionaire developers come in and try and develop the Sandlot, and they have to protect the Sandlot, or they have to play in a tournament against a, a group of like better baseball kids. And that's not <laughs> no, what the movie was not about. At all. It was about something different entirely. I was very pleasantly surprised by that. Although, There's a lot of opportunities. For let's conflict. face it, though. The lead character, Scott Smalls, what a loser, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a kid like that would never have been invited to the Sandlot in my no, day. No, for Absolutely sure. not. Yeah, me too. The 60s. Just like they included everyone, pictures. you know? <laughs> he would have been sitting in the back corner of the classroom, drawing pictures. Nobody would say a word to him for the whole year. And then we'd get a speech about bullying in an assembly the next year <laughs> where they wouldn't name the kid, but it would be very clear as to who they were talking about. <laughs> Have you boys seen Rookie of the Year? Because no. the main, the, go- the guy who's good at baseball in that also was in Rookie of the Year, made the exact same year, also made in 93. So that Rodriguez kid, yeah, yeah. also in that. Also, so is this- the black kid, Mighty Ducks, right? God yeah, damn, these kids he are was just in the like Oreo kids line. movie sports <laughs> legends. Did their all their careers end after that? They went on a run of like Sandlot, Mighty Ducks, Rookie of the Year, and then that's it. Because I don't know what happened to any of these kids. Just retired millionaires at at I thirteen. Guess so. I mean, that's <laughs> like best case scenario for child actors. Yeah, the problem child actors always run into is when they try to keep acting. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, "Oh no, rejection! I have to do coke." Yeah. Dustin Diamond, <laughs> perfect example. <laughs> yeah, Corey Feldman. Yeah, another. I mean, there well, was more going on there. Can... There was a little more going on in that one. <laughs> I don't know if we want to start shooting shots at Corey Feldman. Did you guys get the impression that Scott Smalls' dad cheated on his wife all the time? Because that was definitely the impression I got from him in this movie. Uh yeah, I would. I did not think that, but now that you've brought it up, absolutely. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Just like the way that he looks at him. <laughs> he goes on a business trip. And like I get that this is a kid's movie, so they don't need to explain the dad's business too much. But it, he was just like a little sketchy about it. Like, yeah. I got to go to uh, Chicago on uh, business. If not cheating, <laughs> they are swingers for sure. Like, yeah. just the vibe you got off the mom, you're like, she's doing some weird shit, for sure. Yeah, that mom definitely seemed a little too cool. <laughs> the impression I got was that the stepdad was his real dad. They looked so similar. Oh, I didn't even get that. I didn't realize that it was his stepdad. <laughs> yeah, stepdad. Well, it's, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, his mom's new boyfriend, or I don't know if they're married or not, but they just look fucking identical. It really messed me up. I was like, why would you not get a different-looking act? That's true. <laughs> or just say he's his dad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seemed pretty irrelevant to the whole plot to have him be a stepdad. Maybe just to be relatable to all these kids of divorce who are coming up in the 90s, but, like... I think maybe in the 90s, like, ev- like no one just had a dad. You know? Well, so it like was the 60s. Thought- I mean, the movie came oh, out in the true. 90s. it was the 60s. So, like, divorce so and stuff wasn't even a against thing. The church. <laughs> Everybody thought that, like, that's what not having a dad would do to you, though, is, like, you would just not know how to catch a ball. Like, you would just have insane knowledge gaps. Like, you'd be able to do math but not catch a ball. That's but really, so it's funny. just, like, you get attitude problems. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did any of you... I, I love the portrayal of the beast too did any of you ever yes. did you two ever lose like my whole childhood was pretty much spent retrieving balls that i had lost from roofs or backyards or or reservoirs you know like i was just like uh, yeah, yeah how much i related to these kids like trying to get this ball was ridiculous like i just found yeah. myself being like i did spend a lot of my childhood crawling under fences and like knocking on doors that was the only thing about the show is i was like just i mean it's not a movie if they just go knock on the door and get the ball but uh yeah 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 all all the rigmarole around trying to get the ball back that was did you have any stories about that i just thought that was like realistic as hell because i would never ever ever have just knocked on someone's door when i was me neither like i did write in my notes that i never i also never encountered a scary dog when i was like hopping into people's yards but i definitely spent like a good 10 minutes worrying about if there was gonna be one oh of course I hopped oh that. for so, sure to consider that yeah but yeah we did a little bit of that but uh it was never like that intense so here's an intense yeah, here's remember... an intense ball retrieval story for you i was yes. i was in like grade five and we it was the end of grade five and we had watched the janitor go on the roof of the school and literally, I bet you, like, I'm not joking, boys. I bet you he threw down a hundred balls, soccer balls, tennis <laughs> balls. I remember the janitor doing that at my And my too. buddy and I were like, holy crap, that's the mother load. So we like held on to this. <laughs> we held on to this information for like six months. And, and it was like get, getting to be spring of grade six. And the snow had melted, and we were like, I bet you there are so many balls on the roof. So we had taken the bike stand, and like eight of us in grade three, because it was just a big, heavy friggin' bike stand, right? And we turned it up to the roof like a ladder. <laughs> and and my buddy and I, we climbed on the roof, and we just were like, th- and it was. It was like so many free balls, right? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> technically school balls, but <laughs> we were like throwing them down. Yeah, yeah. And I remember coming home with, like, four garbage bags full of, like, balls, soccer balls, tennis balls. And my mom was just like, where the hell did you get all of these? <laughs> and being an idiot, I'm just like, oh, they were on the school roof. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so next day I have to, like, take these. And my buddies were so – they still bring this up. Like, I still have some old <laughs> friends that are like – and then we had to all haul these balls back to the school – and apologize for stealing these school's balls. I'm like, Mom, you're the worst. <laughs> Man, I love the idea that you were, like, crafty enough to think of a way to make shift a ladder up to the roof of the school. But not, but crafty, not crafty, crafty enough to outsmart enough to my mom. To mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. I always remember because our janitor would do that like once a year, go up on the roof and kick everything down. And it was like Christmas as a kid, man. That was like, I still think about those days. Yeah. Hey, uh, um, what do you think is the main lesson you took from this movie? The main lesson? When you saw it. Yeah. Um, don't 
play baseball with a ball that's worth probably a million dollars. That's fair, yeah. That's a good lesson. <laughs> uh, there was, yeah, there were a few thought... things about this movie that stood out to me, and maybe th- like th- it's not the lessons I'm supposed to be taking from it, but like, man, when that kid with the glasses decided he was going to pretend to drown so he could kiss the lifeguard... Did you notice he had his glasses in his hand the whole time? Like, and he I hung did. on to those things. And as a glasses kid, <laughs> I respect that a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah, I hope some people watched that and decided they were going to hit their kids just preemptively. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I feel like you got to beat respect into that, that guy who's just faking death so a girl will maybe kiss him. I loved how fucking... That, that, he felt like a very red-pilled in that moment like it, leading up to that because she, she they were watching her like put sunscreen on and she he was like she knows exactly what she's doing to me and then like got out of the pool and like she's fucking asking for it and like, like uh, i'm a child himself. actor they let you do it when you're famous if you're a famous child actor they let you grab him wherever you want he becomes uh, donald trump yeah exactly exactly that was the little harvey weinstein right there <laughs> being called a weenie I really like that Here's my question, though. Is it assault if you're 11 years old? He married her. It was... <laughs> well, that's how people yeah. used to meet back that's in the day. That's how people though. met. Like, there was no internet, any, right? You just ask any grandpa, like, how he met your grandma. He's like, oh, sexual harassment. <laughs> oh, through a crime. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> One second. My cat's being super annoying here. For sure. Hey, get out. <laughs> yeah, me and your grandma, we met when uh, I was doing a felony, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was at her house. That was... I uh, I brought flowers Sorry, over to her house, and then the police came, and then she bailed me out because she owed me for the flowers. <laughs> I feel like one of the main lessons of this movie was uh, don't be afraid of strange dogs, and I think that's a very dangerous lesson <laughs> to teach kids. <laughs> I think that's very risky. I think the dog should have ended up being as bad as they all thought he was. <laughs> the dog should have killed them. Yeah, yeah the dog should have really seriously bitten somebody. <laughs> Everyone should have been okay, but yeah, don't fuck with dogs should have been a more more main theme of this movie, I feel. I just loved how they built all this sign stuff to get this ball, but how they figured out how to get it was Babe Ruth came to the kid in a dream and was like, just yeah. jump in the yard! <laughs> yeah, dude, Star Wars stole that idea from this movie, actually. Yeah, man, I fucking I love that. I really wish Babe Ruth just like uh, materialized and then said a bunch of like racist and homophobic things <laughs> and just like disappeared back into the closet. Babe Ruth is like a force ghost, exactly the way he was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just chain smoking cigarettes, hammered in the middle of the day. I don't know anything about baseball history. I'm just well. Guessing. Here's yeah, some just, baseball you know, man, history. I assume everyone here's some baseball history because. I loved so much that the old blind black guy who gave him like the 1929 murderer's row signed by the whole team ball, right? When the Babe Ruth ball was all chewed up and he had played with George. It's like, uh, are we just pretending the Negro Leagues didn't happen until 19? 19- That's what I was wondering about. I was like, was baseball way more progressive than I I'm thought like, it was? No, they I'm weren't glad- even allowed to talk to each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> tired of this whitewashing of history, man. <laughs> we need to deal with racial politics in the Sandlot. We would be better as a society. I mean, yeah, it's like funny to laugh about how they do shit like that, but it is like. That's just what they do with like serious stuff. Oh, totally. Yeah. They just make movies where they're like, "Oh yeah, it was not that bad." <laughs> it was like cool. this movie's a great case study quaint. for propaganda. To steal your word here, Brad, it was so quaint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very quaint. Baseball, yeah, everybody says 1930s America was quaint. <laughs> hey, can I tell you guys my favorite quote? Please. Uh, after the guy fakes his own death to get CPR, the narrator goes. We all respected Tommy or whatever his name is after that because he had kissed a woman and he had kissed her long and good. <laughs> Direct quote. Doesn't it sound exactly like something uh, like a virgin comedian would do as a bit? 
Yes. Like a guy like me would say. (laughs) (laughs) What a long and good kiss. (laughs) Yes, I did kiss her. How was it? Oh, you know, long and good. (laughs) Like, this just proves my point about I think the narrator is still in grade five. He calls everything a pickle. He has no idea how to describe kissing. Honestly, the narrator was worse than all of the child actors. Oh, by a lot. By so much. Like, so bad. Even at the very end of the movie when you find out that he's an announcer, I'm like, oh, this guy is still, to steal the word from the movie, such a weenie. (laughs) (laughs) Which also, this movie showed us that uh, in 1960, being called a weenie is literally the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I still think it's bad. I mean, like, weenie is, like, one of just those, like, dismissively childish insults that, like... That hurts. If someone thinks little enough of me to just call me a mere weenie, it's like, man, I really got to step my shit up to be a full dick. Yeah, it's like, I'm a grown fucking man, dude. Yeah. I'm at least a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sausage. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> also, oh, I uh, loved how when uh, the the rep team or like the kids with, with actual uniforms showed up at the sandlot and then they start tossing insults back and forth number one i forgot how the 90s love to do clean insults but just make them as disgusting as possible right where it's like oh you're yeah. like a belch that came out of my armpit and then like pause <laughs> and everyone's like oh <laughs> and i love too how like the knife the dagger in the heart at the to to get the sandlot boys to win that round was the fat kid being like, you play like a girl. And everyone's like, yeah, oh, atomic bomb. <laughs> yeah, I remember those insults. That was crazy. Just call it. That was like, and everyone just like fucking went crazy when he dropped the dropped the G bomb yeah. right there. Oh, called yeah. Him a, called him a girl. And then they're they're bad mouthing. Look at all these kids in uniforms. If you don't play in jeans, you're a loser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't have another guy's hat on, you're a baby. Yeah. You're a mere the kid girl. playing in shorts like that. Scott Smalls, the lead character, right off the top, and then Rodriguez afterwards when he's like, you know, right in the very beginning, and the friendship starts, and he's like, hey. uh, Maybe wear, you know, jeans and a and a button up shirt next time. Here's another hat. Yeah. It's like are you making this kid cooler? Like you're all playing baseball in jeans right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's the only one dressed kind of a Exactly yeah. for activity. <laughs> I thought I thought it was funny in the announcer scene where it pans out and you see that he still has the original hat. It's yeah, like, the hat that he told him to not yeah. wear because it made him look stupid. Your coolest friend gave you one piece of advice and you did not yeah. follow it. Like <laughs> this guy's a terrible friend. <laughs> Um, also, I thought this movie did something that not a lot of movies do, which is um, represent your one friend who showed up with chewing tobacco one day. Wow, unreal. I was just going to bring this up, the chewing tobacco scene. Like, who hasn't yeah. all thrown up from everyone <laughs> being like, hey, let's try it. <laughs> yeah. I, that's actually still the one thing I've never done is chewing tobacco. I still got to try that oh, one. Oh, it's fun, bud. Yeah, get it in there. Preferably, yeah, preferably when you're high and drunk, so that you really can have a good barf session. I, yeah, yeah, no, I want the full experience. So I want to do everything it right. starts spinning just the perfect amount. <laughs> but you know what I appreciate is the size of the wads these guys took. Yeah, they just they picked like a whole handful and then just took a bite. Yeah, it was like they were just taking bites out of cigars and were like, "This is great." <laughs> Um, and yeah, no, I fucking loved everything about that scene. That's very reminiscent to being a kid. Somebody brings like a beer that you split amongst everybody or like, you know, a single cigarette and we all take a rip off that. That's a very exciting. Actually, time. that's one you thing I got to give credit to this movie for is they do nail kid hijinks really well. Like totally, so totally many do. aspects of it. You're like, oh, yeah, I did that as a kid. Like, again, like the retrieving the ball, the chewing tobacco, like even just being shitty at the pool, you know? Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Not a lot of movies have kids being dicks at the pool. <laughs> but like me and my friend Chris, when, when we were in uh, elementary school, and this is probably getting cut, but what we would do is this game where uh, we'd go underwater at the uh, water, like the wave pool when it was packed. And we just look at people's butts. Yeah. <laughs> and, then we'd, and then we'd come out of the water and we'd like c- confer about the butt we looked at. 
Because it would always be different butts. You weren't allowed to look at the same butt. That was gay. Naturally, yeah. Yeah. So we would confer. We'd be like, "That was a that butt was nice." <laughs> what butts were you looking at? Everybody's butt, or just like women's butts? The girls, this is the girls's butts. <laughs> we were looking at the hot butts, nice. the nice, long and good butts. <laughs> the butts you'd still want to look at today. Had <laughs> you the option. Yeah, but like we didn't really have like a lot of descriptive power, so I don't even know what we were talking. Like I think we would just be like, "Whoa." That one was butt shaped. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of poo coming out of that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Being a dick at the pool is definitely classic boy shit, I think. Uh, so, uh, had, did you ever fuck up one of your dad's collector's items? Because I feel like that's something pretty yeah, common. Yeah, that's too. pretty common, too. Um, off the top of my head, not that I can think of. I mean,. I've pissed my dad off in many occasions, uh, but no, <laughs> yeah. not not that. I waited until I was 16 so that I could back the van into the house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> smart. Get it all done in yeah, one that's shot. Right. <laughs> Just you, compile all, all the goodwill good I can <laughs> up till 16 and then throw it out the window. Yeah. Scott's just like, one big job <laughs> to lose me my father's respect. <laughs> then I retire. Like yeah. You're doing your own heist movie. <laughs> I don't think I've ever fucked up any, like, sports memorabilia, but my dad went through a phase where he was getting real into silver. Like, <laughs> he would just buy silver coins awesome. all the time. And I remember one one year he bought, a like, a silver coin, and he gave it to me, and it was, like, a, it was this real nice father-son moment, you know, and uh, I cherished it uh, for, like, two weeks. And then I, I just carried this silver thing around with me all the time because I was like, this is going to be my reminder that me and my dad are actually friends. <laughs> and then uh, I just carried it in my pocket during too many, like, uh, activities to where it eventually got sweat on it, and then it just fucking rusted. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that, like, silver can be polished. I just thought it was permanently fucked once it got fucked, so I just threw it <laughs> in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like a thousand dollar coin that I just whipped into the garbage because I didn't want to have to face the music. And I've still never told him about that. I pretended I lost it. And he's might find out on this podcast. I love that. I've, I've got a, a similar story, I guess. So I was, uh, my grandfather uh, passed away when I was like eight and he was way older than my grandma. And just, he fought in world war two and like super old school. Right. And yeah. the idea of giving money to kids in any form, he was strictly against. And I was like six and I'd gone out and helped him shovel snow for like, I mean, I'm going to say hours, but I was also six. So maybe like 15 minutes. I yeah. don't know. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my grandpa reached into his pocket when he came in and he was like, you did such a good job. And he took a penny and he gave me a penny, which I... Didn't value at all, obviously. But my grandma made a huge deal about it. Oh, my goodness. Your grandfather's never given money to anyone before. This is such a huge deal. And I remember my dad made a big deal about it. And they got me this, like, little case. And they put the penny in there for yeah. me. One week later, I lose this penny, right? <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> gone. I have no fucking idea where it is. But I, yeah, I couldn't kid, come man. clean. So I just put a new penny, a different penny in there. <laughs> And boys, I honestly did not tell anyone about this until four years ago. Like, I was sitting there with my grandma, and I'm like, I've got to come clean about something. And like, honestly, it had been almost 30 years at that point, still disappointed. Oh, you lost that! <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. They're actually disappointed. They valued that penny. <laughs> be funny if every time you went over to your grandpa's, he was like, let me see the penny. He inspected it, like checking the dates and yeah. everything, making sure it's the same penny. Classic 78. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I never, like, I, was ne I never broke any of my dad's sports memorabilia just because he d uh, was not aware of sports. But I definitely broke other dad's sports memories. <laughs> there was, uh, <laughs> I remember, like in like probably in high school, I think we all went over to this kid uh, Spencer's house, and uh, we were just like fucking around in his basement, you know, like throwing shit, and we just like smashed the frame or like 
he had like a framed sports jersey on his wall and we were having so much fun we like threw a football and it like hit the frame and fell and like yeah shattered. of course like the jersey itself was okay but like you just, i don't even know what happened after that we all just like went home <laughs> you guys ever have that where you would like fuck something up so just bad go home house, you never like, hear ah, from that kid again <laughs> i'll see you tomorrow i guess <laughs> see you at school man that sucks <laughs> yeah i love that honestly though like something like the babe ruth ball like it's just like how is this kid so stupid <laughs> oh i know how do you not know who babe ruth is well even if you don't know how babe who babe ruth is how do you not see a signature and understand a signature? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh that's somebody drew on that ball it's no good anymore oh this we'll is dad's this art ball <laughs> <laughs> you know what part of that movie i could have used with a lot less of you know the the 10 minute chase scene with the dog and the kid? Yeah. I'm like, do we need a 10-minute scene? Like, I even had a point. I was like, I can't believe how long this is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The only thing that pissed me off about that chase scene was that it ended where it started. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's let's make it feel like a bit of a journey if it's going to be 10 minutes long. Don't just fucking run yeah. back to the sandlot, yeah. bro. Yeah, basically just did a lap. Yeah, like, he just did a loop around town. Then they came back and dealt with the problem immediately. One thing I will give them is that um, kids' solutions, they, they kind of went to that every time. So it did, you know, where they're like, well, I've got an idea. Let's go back to where we started. And everyone's like, yeah, hey, yeah. that's a kid idea. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> Let's just, that might just work. <laughs> I felt bad for the guys carrying the cake. You know, this is the kind of adult I've become now is when the dog uh, knocked the huge cake over and you can just see they're setting it up. And I'm like, oh, man, I bet you it took those guys three days to make that fucking cake. Like oh, yeah, <laughs> seriously. And like to just ship it ever. You know, there was probably a guy in the back making sure it didn't tip over the whole drive there. Just being <laughs> so careful with it. And you know that they're going to get chewed out like there's a decent chance they're going to have to pay for oh, cake. For it. Oh, for sure. The 60s, you know. Like that, workers' rights were fucked back then, man. Like they had no chance. There's some sort of bridezilla who's like, my cake. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, we have a similar one ready to go, and she's like, that's it, weddings <laughs> off. She's divorcing her husband now. Like, I'm at, I'd love to see a movie just about the butterfly effect that breaking that cake caused. Yeah, <laughs> ruins the wedding. Everybody goes home. They're like, that was signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> I still got the kid mindset though. I'm like, if I fuck up your cake, that means your cake was where it wasn't supposed to be <laughs> i'm like you're the adult you're the guy who's in charge of the cake i didn't have a job related to cake when i walked into this wedding when i sprinted through this wedding yeah. in my jeans but that kind of goes back to another thing that i really liked about this movie um a lot of like coming of age kids movies that we've covered on the show like war games a lot of stuff that came out in the 80s and 90s back to the future ferris bueller they fall into a genre I like to call perfect boy movies, where it's just like a guy, uh, uh, like a boy doing stuff, and all his plans work out perfectly the entire movie, and he ends on top. He's just outsmarting adults at every turn. Yeah. And this movie was not about no. that. I call this an imperfect boy yes. movie. All their like pretty much all their plans failed. <laughs> like they almost killed a dog at one point. Like a lot of bad stuff happens. <laughs> that is so true, man. They just about killed man. that dog. I totally forgot <laughs> yeah. about that. And I loved it and too. And it was like touch and go. Only one kid wanted to get the fence off this dying dog. <laughs> They had to reluctantly save a dog at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I also like that they all got just normal jobs. Like, yes. It was nice to see a, a coming-of-age movie where everybody's just a middle manager at the end. Well, except for, except for one of them where it was like telling about what all happened to all of them, and then one of them was just like, ah, Bertram got really into the 60s. And just disappeared. <laughs> just never yeah. saw him again. <laughs> yeah. Tell me that's not realistic. I know people in 2020 that have gotten really into the 60s. <laughs> just yeah, disappeared. You're yeah. right, man. <laughs> the sixties are back in a big way. And then they had the yeah. one success story, the Benny, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, who steals yes. home. <laughs> yeah. the, I, I, Nobody like, I don't notices. understand how that's the, the play they decided to go with. <laughs> yeah. It sounds impressive. As a guy who knows nothing about baseball, that sounds like the sickest move you can yeah. pull. How, what's your perspective as a guy who knows baseball? Have you ever seen anybody steal home before? I've, I've a... seen a few guys steal home. It's more of a the pitcher just is 
not paying attention. Like it's not it's not something that is done, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not like a strategy. Yeah, it's normally <laughs> yeah, a mistake. Like it's normally a mistake. Home. It's not like, "Oh, this guy's on third and he always steals home. You can't stop him." Like, <laughs> So it's like this wouldn't have been like a legendary play. This would have just been like everyone's pissed at the pitcher. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Why did he hold on yeah. the ball so long? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should have like shown him hitting a grand slam or something like skill level related. Yeah, at least, instead of know? just like maybe he calls his shot like a callback. See, to how and they were this talking is what that. I couldn't understand. I'm like, they set it up like Babe Ruth is calling his <laughs> shot. The whole movie's about Babe Ruth. And this kid steals home. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I thought this kid was supposed to be the successor of sorts to Babe Ruth. Like that's how they were pitching. Yeah. And instead, no, he's just really sneaky. Instead, he's just like he's, fine at baseball. He's the Babe Ruth at technically cheating, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, Surprised he wasn't like stealing signs, also doing some Houston Astros type shit. That's the only yeah. baseball reference I know, and I want to use it. I did think it was refreshing to see a coming of age movie that's not only about fucking. Yeah, like, yeah. It's nice to see one where the guy's main problems aren't how do I fuck this lady. Who no, yeah, I, it really captured like the funness of just being a kid with your friends. Yeah. Like I never played baseball and I hated playing. I, I was a soccer kid growing up and I also hated that. So like this reminded me of just like hanging out with bikes in the forest. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. Just but it's like also, hijinks. It is a different age that they're coming to in this than in most coming-of-age movies. But I think they should go younger in coming-of-age movies. I hate how much coming-of-age movies are just softcore porn. Yeah. And, like, this, I mean, like, the lifeguard kissing scene definitely caught me off guard. I, right before that happened, I remember thinking, like, man, I like that we're just watching a kid's movie. So that nothing, like, yeah. weird and questionable. We, ha- we don't have to cover any, you know, force, forcing a girl to do anything. Like, man, this what, what a perfect movie. And then that happened, and it's like, oh, fuck. Even, I mean, yeah, you know what? The patriarchy. It's so funny because Listen, there's... if your kid ever comes home from the pool smiling, you should just beat the fuck up. <laughs> just preemptively. Just in case. <laughs> there's so many movies. These two that um, the hijinks now is just like assault. And I like that even though the, the lifeguard scene was probably a little on the fence, it's also like an 11 year old kid that's just like being a brat, right? Like it's. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, like that's definitely just how they frame yeah. it. Yeah. And you can also like, it's not that creepy because he's only 11 and they get married and have nine children. Exactly. I'd argue that makes it so much more creepy. How? That's like <laughs> that's, argue it then. That's for like the Stockholm girl syndrome. Now, right? How do you have? It's like she got Stockholm syndrome for someone who didn't beat her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're allowed to say that, and I don't know if that's what Stockholm syndrome is. But it's like I don't know. It just seems like weirdly obsessive. You know, she's like every time they walked by the pool, they're like smiling yeah. at each she's other. She's like, now. no it's guy like, has ever wanted me this bad before. <laughs> well, and she was also like, she looked like, you know, like 1920 in this movie. So, like, how he's long like, until they yeah. got together also? Yeah, that's the other thing. He's, like, hip height on her. And she's <laughs> like, oh, that's a little uh, fucking stud. I'd like I, to have I think they were trying to be like, she's 16 and he's 11 or 12. But, yeah. That's a, that's a huge difference when you're <laughs> still, a kid. It's, still, it's the biggest it's difference. Still, there is no bigger age gap in the world than 11 to 16. Like I, it's just it's funny to me how unrealistic of a relationship you used to be able to sell just <laughs> yeah. for no reason. Like people just like had no concept of like what would really happen. Like back in the day, any movie could have any love story, and people would be like, "Yeah, it." But that's also kind of how I felt when I was a kid. Like I also distinctly remember being eleven and seeing like a twenty-five-year-old woman and being like. What's her story? <laughs> How do I get to know her? I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd like to take her out. We all still think that way. <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> we still all see 25-year-old women are like, drown I'd like to get it. to know her. <laughs> yeah. I'm just mad that you didn't think to drown about it, man. Like, if you if you had come up with that idea, you would be pitching that to us right now. Listen, I've almost drowned before. I've said that on the pot. <laughs> and I did not use that as an excuse to uh, parlay it into a, a fake kiss. 
So. Merely because you weren't creative enough. That's just me being a good guy for all our girl listeners. <laughs> oh, man. Just in case there's any girls listening to this, just know chivalry ain't dead, baby. Another kid thing that really stood out to me was how the catcher was shit-talking behind the plate when they were playing ball. Like, the whole time, he's just like, oh, I've, I've, I've met your sister, like, you know, stuff like that. Like, yes. that was, I, I played catcher until I was like 17 and like I honestly I used to annoy the umpires like 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 <laughs> I would be drawing so much that they would be like will you like they called my coach out a couple times be like this kid won't shut the fuck up like <laughs> <laughs> you're like it's a legitimate strategy yeah, I used to get in trouble in hockey all the time for talking too much shit but like like it never really got to a talking to point because in hockey a kid will just punch you in the face right. you know not, there's not a lot of fights in minor baseball, I don't Well, think. you know what it is, too, is that minor baseball, like, you're, you're, there's no action. Like, you're literally just yeah. standing behind <laughs> the batter while the pitcher is waiting to throw, and you're just like... No one has hand-eye, so they just strike out Buddy, those, for nine those pants innings. don't fit you. Those pants don't fit you. Why are you even wearing those pants? Guys, <laughs> Man, that would actually fuck with me more than if you were like tripping my sister or like my baseball skills. I could tune that out. But if you were like, man, you don't look good in those pants, <laughs> that would really fuck with me, man. You're the one guy whose ass looks bad right now. Or I'd keep I'd get I'd get um, my teammates to keep track on the scorecard of the other team. And then when guys would come back up to the plate, I would be like, hey, remember last time when you struck out? Oh, man. The whole team remembers that. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, I kind of wish I played baseball. That's that way better fun. than soccer, bro. Because, like, in soccer, we never, at least our, our team never talked shit. And it wasn't like baseball because, like, you couldn't fight people. You, you would just get, like, red cards or whatever. And so, like, we would only ever talk shit when we were, like, beating the other team by a lot. And then our coach would be like, hey, you know, yeah. cool it. You guys. Yeah, you're good. Be like, keep it classy out there. Yeah, I love that. Coaches trying to tell it's a like, bunch of eight year olds to keep it classy. You're 45 like, in a tracksuit at 8 a.m. and you're drunk right now. Yeah, don't tell me about class. Don't make me fucking take a <laughs> knee and then try and class me up. Like, that's, I'm in the grass right it's now. It's so right? funny. I, I, all, of us, all of us are pretty much the same guy. Like, there's only, yeah. like, on a team, <laughs> there's normally, like, two guys who get a kick out of, out of shit talking. Like, you know, yeah. and I don't know why I was yeah. that guy. Like, man, I would shit talk to the point where like we would be getting blown out and I would, <laughs> yeah. I would pick the one player who wasn't doing anything. And like, he'd come to the play <laughs> and I'd be like, you know, every single person on this team, except for you is kicking ass, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to be the only guy right now who can't kick my ass? <laughs> yeah. That's what I like. The reason I liked it was because I was smaller than everybody, so they could like knock me over really easily. But I was better at making fun of them than they were, so like that was my advantage. And then, <clears throat> anytime I would see another small guy, I would be like, "Oh, fucking lunchtime, baby!" You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like anyone who was my size, I was completely ready for. <laughs> it's funny because I never had to take a punch for it or anything like that in baseball. Like in hockey, I got beat up really bad one time. Uh, I was probably 14 or 15 and we were playing, uh, the horse Lake reservation there, uh, by grand Prairie. And like, man, those indigenous boys were tough, right? Like they just took no shit. And on top of it, uh, they loved beating whitey, I think. So, uh, the one, the one kid, <laughs> even me too. The one, yeah. Right. All of us do. The one yeah, kid, nothing wrong the one kid got people. so upset with me and he was like, let's go buddy. And I was like, be right there friend. And this guy, like <laughs> this guy, like lost his mind over this. Like he chased me around the, the, the net at one point, and, like jumped on top of me and was just like, I turtled at this point. Right? Did, did the old turtle. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh man yeah i can't i don't even think i've been in like too many like menacing situations because i would just like lose fights right away yeah that was the advantage of me yeah like i never stuck in it long enough to get beat up very bad if you're prepared to take a punch you can win almost any situation <laughs> <laughs> that's great advice actually <laughs> 
He's got to be ready to almost lose a couple of times <laughs> or lose. Yeah, I mean, like, I have no qualms about getting punched. Like, if anyone in Edmonton's listening to this, you can come punch me anytime you want. But it's like, I'm probably not going to punch you back after yeah. that. I'm probably just going to laugh at you at most. Oh, I was in, uh, took radio television broadcasting at Nate, and there was a little bar there called The Blind Duck that everyone would always go to after class and drink. And the radio television portion of Nate always got made fun of, right? Like, it's like, yeah. you know, all the welders and stuff are like, look at these fucking losers. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so the one the one night, like, I was just so drunk and so hammered. And one of the guys in my class who was a, a big guy and could fight got called out by yeah. another guy. Things got to start getting heated and everyone goes outside. And... The one, there were two of these guys, and then my buddy who could fight, and me and another guy, just two skinny kids, right? And so yeah. the two kids come towards, and the two guys, not kids, I guess, twenty-year-old men at this point, but they come, they come at us, and my buddy grabs them, and they start throwing haymakers, and I just started yelling at this kid. I put my wrists up, and I'm like, "Look at these things! I look like a girl, <laughs> and I've got glasses. I'm gonna hit a girl with glasses. Go ahead, hit me with glasses!" And like, <laughs> Man, and then I got shit for this in college for like the rest of the time I was there. Like all my buddies were like, "Oh, are you gonna defend yourself? Or are you gonna claim you're a woman?" <laughs> and, like, <laughs> you're at a party trying to flirt. You're like, "Are you gonna fuck a girl with glasses?" Oh, <laughs> uh, I once called my like I once did that uh, one time. Someone was rushing the stage at this bar called the Leaf when I was uh, 17 and doing stand up and. I was just, just like he was like really mad, and then I just kept from the stage being like, "Oh, so you're gonna beat up a child?" Nice, right now? yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna keep saying that if anyone ever does it. Doesn't matter how old I am. Man, I don't know yeah, what my I'm problem be 37 is. Thirty-seven, being like, I'm a baby. Like I can't Nobody, fight. Don't. I've never been able to fight, but like I get a few beers yeah. in me, and that like. I was playing the Jasper. I think both of you have done this with me. Maybe not. Maybe it was just you, Kean. But I played the Jasper Brew Company, uh, the brewery there in Jasper. Yes. And they always start the show late, right? 10, because they're waiting for all the service industry to get in there. And yeah. it was probably 1130 at night. I was about halfway through my set. And I was killing. Like, I, I was doing so well. And I, you know when you're doing really well and you start to get that, like, you start to feel like superpower, like you're charging up oh, a little yeah. and you're like, I'm invincible. And all of a sudden yeah. this dude stands up in the middle of the fucking room and he's like, bleh, 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 you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I like, again, I just like finished an applause break. There was just like a small window for him to speak up and I just lost it. I was like, hey, I got an <laughs> idea, buddy. How about you shut the fuck up? Or, <laughs> or you make your way to the stage and beat the fuck out of me. Those are your two words <laughs> right now, right? Because I was like, I'm like, I'm killing so hard. Even if this guy comes to the stage, that uh, obviously somebody's gonna stop him. So he starts weaving to the stage. Literally, guys, people are like getting out of the way, like they're moving their chairs for him. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, what I've noticed is people will stand up for you if you don't invite it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I also like that your 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 way of like being intimidating, being tough isn't like, hey, you want me to kick your ass? You're like, why don't you come kick my ass? <laughs> come beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> I'm at work. Kick Listen, my ass now. <laughs> you got two options right now. Either shut the fuck up or impress every girl in the room. <laughs> 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 yeah, you really had no choice no. after after those two options you gave. <laughs> it really sounds a lot like one option to me. It's funny. It ended so anticlimactic too, because he got up. Uh, Key and you've been there, so the stage is like you know it's two feet up. It's a bit of a, yeah. a, a step up. And I had the the end of the microphone, and I was just like. Just poking him off on it, right? Like, and I, I still have the mic in my hand too, while I'm kind of like guarding this guy off. And I'm like, "Ah, uh, will someone come get this guy now?" Like, <laughs> the best part is, the best part is, is it took so long for someone with 
with the brewery to come get him. And then, you know what it turned out? They're like, we're so sorry about that. That was our cook. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. That's always so fucking funny when you accidentally catch one of the staff on their off in the crowd. Love that. That's also very on brand for my... I remember that whole show where we were being heckled by, like... Or at least when I was there, we were being heckled by the owner's moms. We tried to deal with it, and the staff were like, ah, we can't really say anything to them. Actually, yo, that story about the leaf, the guy who rushed the stage was the manager. That man. I remember them telling me that. That's it's just some level of confidence you get when either your son owns this place or you know the son that does own this place. That's such a funny way for a manager to act at his business, though. Like, just like anybody who comes in here is liable to fight me. <laughs> Love it. By entering the door, you have signed away your rights. And if you win, that, you're, that just means you're the new general manager. Congrats on the new responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, that's how he got the job. Yeah, he kicked the old GM's ass. <laughs> he was doing stand-up, and the old GM rushed the stage, and he won the fight. <laughs> that's too funny. Oh, man. What a pickle, eh? <laughs> a, a, a true pickle if I've ever seen one. Uh, you know, another thing that really resonated with me in this movie was uh, right off the top when um, Smalls was like hanging out with the kids for the first time, he gets smashed in the face with a baseball, and then it's all just like guttural belly laughs. Yeah. To this day, I still don't think there's anything funnier than a guy being like a clean hit to the face. Yeah. Like that is just top tier comedy. To I remember in elementary school, there was a, we were playing soccer. And there was this kid, she wasn't playing soccer with us, she was just near us. On the first recess, she got hit in the face with a soccer ball. The second recess, she got hit in the face with, like, a kickball, like one of those red ones. Third recess, she ran into a pole. It just the worst day of this girl's life. And, man, the whole time, like, on the ground, just belly laughing the whole time. <laughs> to this day, I can't... Like, I've been to hundreds of comedy shows, and I've never laughed as hard as I will when I see a kid get hit in the face by a ball. That's probably your rosebud. I think it might have been my rosebud. That's probably a... Something to dive deep on. If I could capture that on stage, the comedy of somebody being hit in the face when they didn't <laughs> think they were going to be hit in the face. Stand up <laughs> wouldn't man, exist if you could capture that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somebody throw this at me yeah. at some point yeah. in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, my whole act is just passing out dodgeballs. I don't even have jokes. <laughs> um. Yeah, I always like I liked the videos of like uh, people playing t-ball and then they line like hit a lime drive right in someone's nuts. Yeah, man, those videos are awesome. <laughs> That's the one thing I thought this movie was missing, just a little nut. One shot. nut yeah. shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have then it would have actually had all the ba- it covered all the bases of a '90s kids classic. Yeah. Maybe a dance sequence, too, they could have squeezed in there, and then we would have been golden. Hey, no montage in this film, I just noticed. No! Wild. Actually, you know they what? Just... The more we talk about this, the more I'm like, maybe the movie does hold up? Like, <laughs> I think it, honestly, man, I think this movie does hold up. Like, I was very pleasantly surprised by literally, like, almost every aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. The way that they dealt with the beast through the movie was very suspenseful. I liked the way that they didn't show it too much to, until the end. Like, that's cl- that's just horror movies 101, you know? Don't show the monster until you have yeah. to. Like, man. They just have to keep... A well- the, the director keep reminding, reminding everybody. It's like, it is just a dog. So if we can really stretch this out... Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, man, that, I, I loved that, too, because I thought they were going to have, like, some big prop made for it. Just because, yeah. like, the whole movie it was, like, you know, a fake dog mouth with all the drool around it. They were using, like, fake dog paws. And then it was just, like, a real, just, like, a big dog. Yeah. But, like, it was just a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I get it. Like, Mastiffs, like, that's what that dog was. Have you boys seen a Mastiff? Like, they're so big. And as a kid, you're just like, this is, like, a bear. <laughs> totally. Yeah, my friend, when I was a kid, had a, a South African african borble which is like i don't know some big ass dog that they used to herd lions oh. in south africa apparently 
And uh, they used to just like ask me to walk it as a favor sometimes. That's hilarious. And this dog I think was, they just did that because they enjoyed the visual. Yeah. Of that. They're like, look yeah, at this probably. dog walk, walking, walking this kid. The street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably, man. But this dog was insane. Like he wasn't trained at all. His shits were two bag shits. Wow. Yeah. Like I don't know. I, I've never met a dog before or since that needed that much. Um, you know, shit space or whatever. But so, like this dog, anytime it saw anything, it would just start running, and <laughs> so I would have it on a leash, and it would just pull me. Like it was like literally, I if I didn't let go, it was like falling down on water skis. Like it would just drag me along <laughs> the grass. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's. I think that's the only dog I've been scared of. I've never been afraid of a dog. That is- this was a very unrelatable movie for me. I like dogs. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I also relate with the big dog thing. I remember when I was like six and like everything just seemed gigantic. My friend had a golden retriever uh, <laughs> and I, it was like the biggest dog I had ever seen. Like it went up to my shoulders. And then when I was like, you know, 12 and we got a golden retriever and it like grew to my knees, I was like so fucking disappointed. Yeah. Like this, <laughs> this is it. We're not getting a fucking giant dog I can ride? What the hell? Why are we getting a dog? I want a horse dog. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I want want a dog that could potentially kill a guy if I needed it to. I want a dog that can terrify a team of children. (laughs) I guess the only thing I wish would have turned out different is, like, I wish um, the girl would have ended up marrying, like, the hot, talented guy. Yeah, that would have been way more realistic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just this one guy loves her for his whole life but then he was too creepy i i, I like that it didn't turn out that way turns out the the cool talented guy could do better than that small town bitch <laughs> <laughs> he joined the fucking jets if wanna- she wasn't so fucking frigid she would have been able to land a baseball superstar oh, that's so funny <laughs> yeah he actually married a way hotter girl <laughs> what if that's how it ended the narrator's like and we all married hotter girls than the glasses guy <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't even that hot anymore compared to all of our other wives Roll the moral credits. of the story is never take the first offer they give you <laughs> Oh, that was another moral of the story that I didn't love. Was at the end when the the guy uh, invited them all into his house. They all went. What the hell? And they all just like went into this guy's house. Yeah, this guy they were scared of for their whole lives. And they're like, oh well, if he's inviting us, yeah. like, are these kids fucking vampires? Was that the only thing that was stopping them from entering in th- this man's home? Bad parenting. But also, like, that just don't go into a guy's house, right? Bad parenting. But yeah, it was the 60s. Really like, That's when they taught their kids. Don't be afraid of If, someone, don't be afraid if a of big, stranger scary invites you into their house, obviously it would be rude to turn them down. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you respect yeah, Do not elders. be rude. <laughs> well, yeah, this was pre-stranger danger. So, it, like, nobody was... This was, like, back when your parents would believe a stranger's words more than you. That's oh, true. for <laughs> sure. No stranger danger. Yeah. No stop, drop, and roll. Fire's fine. Like, just a different time to grow up, you know? Yes. Yeah, like when I was a kid, if any stranger, no matter how truthful, even if they had video evidence of me, like, doing a crime, my dad would be like, fucking, what are you doing, you pedophile? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why are you filming my son? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, times have really changed. I think in the 2000s, parents just started siding with their kids, and it has not worked out. No, now look at all these entitled losers. Yeah. And their parents can't even yeah. afford to give them steaks for their black eyes. Sad time. Sad time to be alive. <laughs> That's true, actually. That's like a sort of a pre-inflation thing. You know? Yeah, my parents rely on free ice. <laughs> Just stay free. Tap ice. <laughs> Using steak for your black eye. That's what, back when America had manufacturing jobs. That's right, yeah. <laughs> back when we had a fucking middle class. <laughs> Everyone was using steaks for their wounds. <laughs> You'd go in for surgery, the doctor would be like, we're going to replace a bit of your lost muscle with this steak. Yeah, here, I'm gonna, we're going to patch you out with some filet mignon <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're gonna wrap you in cheese instead of a cast <laughs> i also i also loved the resolution to this movie too where uh uh like the the babe ruth ball it was all fucked up and bitten so the guy was like oh here i'll trade you that shitty old family heirloom for uh this even better ball that you have no emotional attachment to 
with yeah. all these extra signatures on. I, 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 I wish they like <laughs> included like, the pitch to his dad where it's like, hey, remember that ball your grandpa gave you and uh, you loved and cherished your whole life? Forget about it. It's gone. I have a way better ball with even more <laughs> writing on it with some of the Babe Ruth's friends. What do you think, Papa? Do you like this? A blind man yeah, gave it to me. you should still be mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blind man. I was in his house. <laughs> it's, it's also, it's it's super funny of the blind man to give this ball away. He's like, oh, you had a bad week? Well, here's the only thing that's worth enough money for me to get corrective eye surgery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my ticket to not being blind anymore. Let me just feel around my dilapidated home. I've got a ball somewhere for you. Like, I guess I don't need any money to break the fence you guys broke. I can just give you this one ball. That's everything I have left from my professional career. Yeah, my dog probably won't need any uh, medical attention after you guys just... <laughs> yeah, my dog's probably fine. <laughs> He's like, I can't see any wounds. Boom. Blind joke, baby. Actually, the blind's probably the worst group to make fun of on a podcast. We should be making fun of the deaf on here. Yeah, this is for it. them. The deaf are a very safe group to attack yeah. on here. All the jokes I just made were actually about deaf people, yeah. if there's any blinds listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, it's funny to just, like, the kid logic of, like, oh, no, I, I lost something of my dad's that has emotional significance. Might as well just replace it with something else. Time to similar. pull the old switcheroo. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I love that. That's like very much kid. I love that he replaced the ball with one he signed and put it on there and it fooled his mom 100%. She tells the story of how how much this ball means to her husband who's out on work. Yeah. And the kid's Babe Ruth signature. She's like, oh, yeah, this is the ball. This is obviously the ball. (laughs) That reminds me of like teachers with field trip forms. Like you just hand it in, and as long as there was like money with it, they'd be like, "Yeah, that looks like an adult signature." (laughs) I'm sure your mom could have signed that. (laughs) Like this is like typed in Comic Sans. (laughs) What's funny too is that like the amount of times that I thought that teachers had the wool pulled over their eyes, and now I look back and I'm like. Oh, they just didn't give a shit. (laughs) Oh, that was just a good guy. (laughs) Yeah. That was just a guy letting me get away with something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we shit on teachers uh, enough on this podcast, but I would like to say thank you to all the ones who looked the other way. Yes. For all the teachers (laughs) that had enough wherewithal to not care, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I would probably be in jail if, some of, if enough of my teachers gave a shit. Oh, they yeah. could have really found they a lot of really crimes I was committing. At, yeah. at least had been to jail. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I would. I would have had a few more run-ins with the law had the teachers checked my locker just a handful more times. <laughs> Even, like, had my teachers followed up on some leads that, <laughs> that they were given, you yeah. know what I mean? It's not even like they had to, like, suspect me. Like, I, f- I feel that I was under the radar, you know? <laughs> um, so do you boys... So what did uh, we think? Do you-, you boys... This was a good one, eh? I think this was a good one. How, yeah. how do you get... Would you, Scott, would you show your kids this movie? Do you think this holds up? Yeah, I would. I would... If I, for some reason, ever had a kid, I would, I would show them this. Yeah. <laughs> if something crazy yeah. happened. <laughs> do, you, do you think the new generations need to see it? I mean, I don't think you need to see anything, but uh, it it does give perspective on, like, what your grandfathers were doing, I guess, in the 60s. Like, it, it is pretty accurate, I think. I yeah. mean, yeah. I think it will help. Like it can help people relate to their parents more. Totally. Even like if nothing else, you realize like, oh, that guy had some of the same shit I had and stuff. Um, But yeah, I think I also think like you should watch this instead of most coming of age movies. Honestly, yeah, like this holds up better than a lot of other fucking kids movies that we've covered on the show. Breakfast Club, fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, this this aged better than Breakfast Club. This aged, I would say, as well as Karate Kid. Yeah, because the only thing in Karate, Karate Kid in this movie has have in common is doing drugs around minors. Like, there's that whole scene where Mr. Miyagi was getting hammered with Daniel-san, and then there was 
the other the scene in this movie where Babe Ruth materialized to smoke a cigar in a boy's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> His parents come in the next day. They're like, "What were you doing in here?" <laughs> I still usually love it just smells like the of- aftermath of a Sears catalog. <laughs> now it smells like fucking bogeys. <laughs> I still love though that the big epiphany that this kid gets is Babe Ruth telling him to just jump into the yard. Like that's how they solve this <laughs> yeah. problem. Just go get the ball, kid. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be a hero. What was it? Legends legends never die. <laughs> imagine imagine just coming and materializing to twel- tell a boy that. Like that's that's going to get him in, into trouble. That's going to get a kid bit by a dog. You're the ghost of Babe Ruth, and then God is like, hey, I got a job for you. <laughs> you're like, I'm trying to fuck all these angels, man. I don't have time. So put the hot dog you, down. got to make yeah. up for lost time. <laughs> uh, yeah. All these girls with the pointy bras in heaven are trying to have sex with God. I don't have time to teach a kid a lesson. But, yeah, no, I thought this was a really good movie. And honestly, like, this is a good movie to fucking watch with kids. Like, I feel like there's a lot of there's not a lot of movies that appeal to like both kids and adults. I feel like Shrek is one. I was just gonna say, and how many times can you watch Shrek? Right, like so. Exactly. Yeah. For me, it's literally hundreds. I've seen, that's <laughs> the movie I've seen the most. But like, I mean, you get tired of it, and you got to switch it up. And this is a great movie. Like, there's something for everybody. The kids say shit at one point. They chew tobacco, and it goes terribly for them. Like, that's a lesson learned right there. I feel like you're going to probably have to talk to your kid later about, like, not going into strangers' houses and maybe leaving scary dogs alone. But, like, you know, what, what, sometimes you got to have a conversation about that with your kid. Yeah, maybe talk to your kid about the ethical ways to get someone to kiss you. Yeah, exactly. Explain <laughs> <laughs> the ethical ways. There's a lot of ethical ways. You're going to have to do it. a little talk about segregation and baseball. <laughs> but, like, you know, there's still lots of this movie has lots of other good things yeah. going for it. <laughs> No, actually, you know what? You make a really good point that just like um, there aren't a lot of kid movies out there that appeal to both sides. And this was a good one. This was a good one. Like I I genuinely I genuinely enjoyed sitting down to watch this and I did not expect that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm very impressed with how it was able to both appeal to both sides and also not be disgustingly horny because I think that's usually yeah. how they try to appeal to both. That happens quite often, especially in a young boys movie. Mm-hmm. They love using the old horny crutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> playing the old horn card. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's how I, I all in all, I liked this movie. They don't need to remake it. This movie in its current form slaps. Yep. Our parents learned how to be good parents from this movie through uh, watching bad parenting, sort of like how we're supposed to learn how to be parents. Um, that's our podcast. Your parents watch this. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all the advertisers who we have plenty of. Thank you to the listeners for listening to the entire advertisement without skipping it. Yeah. And, um, Thank you for purchasing whatever product it is. Yes, and thank you, Scott. Can you plug our, your podcast once more now that everyone knows and loves it? Absolutely. You? Thanks so much for having me, boys. This was a lot of fun. Love talking the Sandlot with you. Uh, my podcast is the Walk Off Podcast. Check it out on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. If you're a Toronto Blue Jays fan, all sorts of good content for you. Hell yeah. And if uh, you want to see us all do a show together, you get into the show's emails and you say, hey, Book Scott Belford on your show, and then we'll do yeah. that. Yeah, we will do that. So this show doesn't have an email, but <laughs> we'll book him anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Yeah, Bye. Thank you. All right, boys. Bye.